The Everything Sequel Podcast is brought to you by Tua T Fitness and the Vegas Beer Guys. The Everything Sequel Podcast contains explicit language. You have been forewarned. Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Terminator Edition. Today we are pitching sequels. Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, your friend and mine, Pitchmaster himself, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Hello, Tom. Time out. Stop the bike. <laughs> You're accusing me of needling you in the last episode? <laughs> just just going back to the beginning. That's all I wanted to achieve. Fine. All right. Well, ladies and you gentlemen. expose my vulnerabilities, I'll expose yours. <laughs> Turning over my exposed underbelly. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are here to pitch sequels to the series that need no more sequels. What <laughs> do you do with Terminator? All right. Is that a que- is that a legitimate question? Yeah, I mean, me I, I literally uh, was. Uh, <laughs> okay, there were, there were, there were two. Well, I was yeah. then I was going to reframe it as uh, uh, I was trying to remember uh. The, the song from West Side Story, uh, it, or is it West Side? What do you do with a girl like Marie? That's a li- so. Or is that just a that's, lyric? That's a yeah. That's a verse of the song. Okay. <laughs> that's like an after a middle eight break. But you're thinking <laughs> of uh, what do you do with a problem like? How do you solve yes. a problem like Marie? That's yeah, it. From that's Sound it. Of music. But there is like a verse of I think I feel pretty. Which is like, oh, right. da, 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 Maria. <laughs> She's going off with this white guy from the Bronx. Well, when you're trying to jam, you know, American know. musicals into your Kushner Terminator references, the you, they start to get a little jumbled. <laughs> did, did Tony Kushner rewrite the, the music as well? I, I don't know. Yeah, good question. It's apparently that script needed rewriting. <laughs> On the best screenplays Hollywood ever produced. Apparently it needs rewriting by Tony Kushner. Uh, anyway. Calm down, calm down. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Cannot comment. Spielberg's I... overrated. Wow. <laughs> what? Let's get your propaganda out of here. Just stick to Terminator, would you? Quit be smirching. Speaking of the propaganda. Go- quit be smirching the director I grew up with. Speaking uh, Jewel Not that you're not right. <laughs> For some movies, point. you're absolutely right. It all ended after Sugarland Express. Um, <laughs> speaking of propaganda. Yes. And overrated. Um, I have some uh, viewers, viewers, listeners uh, feedback. Oh, excellent. Remember, you know, we, we, we reached out, especially with the Rocky series that we recently did. To say, if you have a different opinion about these movies, which we are quite attached to and quite biased about, 
let us know. And, you know, we, we were vociferous in our dislike of Rocky Five, and equally vociferous in our admiration of Rocky Four. And I have a couple of listener um, responses that, that, that uh, are, are a sequel inversion of that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'd um, love to hear how wrong somebody is. Yeah. So I, I you know, uh, I think, you know, we, we got we got respectfully, the respectfully. Yeah. <laughs> so I asked for, um, you know, I asked for I asked for kind of breakdowns, little mini reviews that they could give us. First of all, on Twitter, launching the pilots, which is a podcast, um, they do TV. Uh, they cover TV pilots, old and newish. Um, uh, I asked for, you know, well, why do you like Rocky Five so much? And why do you like it more than Rocky Four? And this is what they came back with. Mm. Um, Rocky Five, number one, back to roots. Number two, conflict with son. Number three, better and more believable villain. Four, street fight. Five, one more round. Six, stolen glory. Seven, poorly gets punched. No... <laughs> Open parentheses, no sex robot to save him, close parentheses. (laughs) And then, followed up by, I like four, but... Number one, 50% montage. Number two, two over the top, like arm wrestling movie, which I presume they mean over the top. Over the top. (laughs) Or just, or or arm wrestling movie, or a wrestling movie. It all works. Uh, three, at the end, Russian crowd cheering for Rocky. Four, poorly sex robot. Five, <laughs> Russian leader clapping Rocky. Open parenthesis, made me uncomfortable like watching a sex scene with the in-laws. Close <laughs> Nicely great. done there, launching the pilot. We we fundamentally disagree, but I, 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 you did a good job of selling your case there. Just fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, from a, a, a Facebook friend of mine, Dan Hughes, who um, uh, I, I've worked with on uh, some uh, film sets over the years, um, he expressed how much uh, he, 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 well, I'll just read it out. Uh, I actually really liked Rocky Five on last viewing, except the kid actors, they're awful. Uh <laughs> What is the most fascinating part of Rocky Five for me is the real-life comparison between Tommy the Machine Gun and the actor slash boxer. You probably don't need the actor in there. (laughs) Tommy Morrison, who, after rising through the ranks quickly, uh, had huge success as a heavyweight boxer. Near the height of his career began an awful downward spiral of self-destruction which tanked his career and personal life as well as a loss of his fandom. The other aspect of the film, and Rocky films in general, is the way in which they mirror St- Stallone's real-life career. We've talked about that many times. Sure. Um, I would say that this film shows how he was feeling at the time, where he didn't have a lot of faith in himself and was doing a lot of poor films uh, and was kind of a shadow of his previous efforts, but he still tries strives to do better and tries to believe in himself as a serious contender. Perhaps maybe some... I'm getting <laughs> wow. too old. I'm getting too old for this shit, but... Maybe I still have more to give. Um, so, and all it says about Rocky Four is that he puts it well above Rocky Four in terms of quality. So, but he he concedes that Rocky Five is is cringeworthy sometimes. All right. So, I mean, I, I mean, I'll I'll take that argument. That that was interesting. 
Yeah. I mean, in I the previous it's argument, you it's bullet pointed. So when you say something like tension between father and son, yes, as an idea, that's a good idea. Yeah. But it's execution. <laughs> that's something else entirely in my, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Also, I, I guess 50 percent montage. Or, uh, only in only only 31%. in the second half, Tom. <laughs> OK. Only in the second half is it 50% montage. I think the last count was 31%. 31.9, I think. Okay. Oh, it's going up. It's going up. <laughs> uh, so there, there we go. Thank you. And please, you know, uh, if you, we'll, we'll continue to read out um, your points of view on the... Always. Uh, Very exciting. Any, and I'm sure you have different opinions from us on the um, on the Terminator movies. I know, I know. We uh, we troll. How did this get made? A little too much, but uh, I do. I want to call this <laughs> section of the show "Sequel Opinions." <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Come after me, Paul Shear, right? and then guest on our show. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> tell us, tell us what series. Come you on our show do. and tell us how we're misusing your your intellectual, <laughs> your intellectual property. property. Anyway, yeah. That art is subjective. It's sequel <laughs> opinions. There you go. That's great. Thank you, Paul Lajoie. All right. Well, uh, we've stalled long enough. Yeah. <laughs> that, that leaves us with our task at hand. Okay. So in answer to your, your original question, I think there's two ways you can go with this. You can either embrace the series... Which is to... I have to assume you did. No, not necessarily. No, okay. no. So my bind with this was, because my response to the endings of each of these movies is that, you know, the playing field is open. Mm-hmm. There's nothing... Nothing commits you to to any kind of continuity. Right. And yet I always feel like... At the, I feel like these movies are crying out for something to follow up on. Yeah. That the movie never gives you. So Well, it's funny you say that. Do I that. want to introduce con- the idea of continuity in the series or do I want to just continue, you know, um etch a sketch, shaking it up, <laughs> starting all over again. Right. And I've tried to do a sequel that that does both. Oh. Well, so, well I wish you the best of luck with that. Right. Uh what well, um okay. Well, let me you add... might like it, but for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> because it also addresses one of your big problems. Okay. Well, and I mean, did you find it... Was this a difficult task? Did you... I mean, did you labor through it once you had your idea? Did it come more easily? I think, I think within those... It became easier once I thought about it in those parameters. Mm-hmm. Because... I started certainly started with the idea that I wanted to that we this in Dark Fate we were left with uh, a setup that had somewhere to go, kind of, at least in comparison with the rest of the movies. Yeah, um, and the way they end with like the future's gonna happen. That's that every movie just ends with some kind of voiceover that says the future will happen at some point. 
That's it. That's all we get. But we got something a bit more solid this time round. So I knew I wanted to run with that. Um, but I knew I also wanted to reinvent as well. Because that's in the spirit of the series, which uh, uh, is worth embracing. Even though... I mean, all, all of it's futile. Yeah. Right? We need to stop making Terminator movies. Right, right. More than and anything else... Right. The edict the should be... But the sad, the sad irony is that, that, that Dark Fate gives us a little more to play with than, than you know, if, if we were ending on... Gen if we were picking up from Genesis, you oh, know, you wow. could make a movie about cartoon cats and who the fuck would <laughs> object, right? Yeah. <laughs> it would be... You could put anything in after that. You but could Dark call Fate's it Terminator more, Cat. There's a little more food for thought in... in uh, in Dark Fate, which sort of complicates the pro complicates the issue a little bit, I think. Well, and I'll tell you because speaking to what you were just saying, the, the, there's a there was a nagging thing for me within the narrative of these movies mm. that made me latch on to what I you know how I wanted to continue. Mm. But at the end of the day, that meant I had to make a direct sequel. Oh. So I knew well, I was going to piss you off. Then. Huh? You lose points immediately then. I know. No, direct sequels can work. It's just that they haven't and they're a little bit snooty. I mean... They're, you know... Well, so that's they're the thing. Down, that's the thing about down Dark Fate. They're looking the franchise, which is something we do not like to do on this podcast. Right. Well, so I don't mind looking down my nose at Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, and to a lesser extent, Terminator Genesis, okay. because I think they're failures. But they're, but they're valuable failures. All right, fine. One way or another. Yeah. Terminator Salvation showed us, you know, that that you can at least you you can release a movie without having a movie to release, <laughs> right? Yes, yes. That's the lesson of that movie. <laughs> so anyway. yes, I admit that I knew I was going to rile you. But this is where my heart was, Tom. All right, let's hear it. You want me to go first, then? Yes, absolutely. Well, with that proposition, absolutely. You've got a lot of ex explaining to do. <laughs> All right. I'm calling my movie Terminator Redemption. <laughs> I know, I'm asking for a punch in the mouth. No, 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 no. I, I'm almost sad that I didn't go with that title because I did consider it. I, well, that would have been, <laughs> been the first time that ever happened, right? Yeah. And wow. it's funny you say that because so close. I remember so close. thinking, you know, all these Terminator titles are, they're in this arena, right? They're, they're, they're vaguely yeah. or, or directly biblical. They kind of, oh, you, God, yeah. You know, I even thought, uh, oh, oh, yeah. 
So I have unconsciously employed that in my pitch. <laughs> now that you now that you mentioned the And so I life. did have this lingering thought of if you're going to go for Terminator colon or as you would say colon uh <laughs> You know, there are only so many of those vague words, and I thought to myself, ooh, what if Tom goes redemption? <laughs> you are very nearly And dead. I was almost right. Yeah. All right. We open. Uh, <laughs> Good stop. Yeah, John Connor is... Well, he's old. All right. John Connor is... I'm going to say John Connor is... Uh, you know okay direct sequel john connor is old it's not a good start john connor is about 29 years old okay okay we see him he's alone in a room Mm. the room looks disheveled dusty old abandoned and we're not quite sure what's happening where we are he's he's looking forlorn and helena bonham carter comes in (laughs) and still don't know what's going on Would you like to donate your body? <laughs> yes. Who are you? And who am I? This is when Sarah Connor walks in the door. Sunshine mm. kind of fills in this abandoned room. Mm. And she's saying, you know, what are we doing? We got to go. And he says, yeah. He walks out. We're in a New York winter. Ooh. He's East Coast. He's We're taking it East Coast, Tom. I like the idea of changing locations. I also yeah. like the idea of winter as opposed to always the dry heat mm-hmm. of a desert. Right. Nice. Uh, he walked, uh, rather, she walks out and John's left alone. He's kind of, you know, starts picking through his bag. We see the picture of Sarah Connor that we know so well. And then we see a picture of a young woman we don't know at all. Mm. He puts his his bag over his shoulder. He's got the picture in his hand. He walks out the door. He's looking at the picture. And she can tell something's off. She says, are you okay? And he says, sure. Where are we headed? She says, we got to go into the city. Mm. Uh, Cut to... We're going to see, you know, hole open up in the sky. Arnie comes out hole, you know, go, you know, he gets his clothes. Um, <laughs> <we're> <laughs> somehow. Well, somehow. Yeah. We got a yeah. T-800 coming out. He He's going to get his his clothes from uh, some street toughs. And uh, sky opens up T-1000 and I'm talking T-1000 Robert Patrick comes out. <laughs> oh, God. I shouldn't have let you go first. You're, you're... <laughs> well, I, I, I was almost afraid to say it because I thought you'd be mad, but now I'm starting to think that you're doing the same thing, which is hysterical. Um, it's... Go go on. All right. So when we see Robert Patrick, he's gonna he's gonna be you know true to form. He is of course going to attack a New York police officer, and he's gonna get his New York police officer uh, uniform. And then we'll get a long shot, and we see some more static electricity in the sky. Oh, a third. 
Well, it could just be a storm, Tom. Okay. But it's not. It's a third. <laughs> yeah, when you see lightning in a Terminator yeah. movie, I mean, there's only one thing it could be, right? So we've got our Terminators. Oh, I, I did have a, a, a line of dialogue from the Street Toughs on Arnie where they say, uh, you know, something to the effect of, well, doesn't look like he's too cold, huh? Because <laughs> we're in the winter. Uh, I, Arnie would approve that dialogue. You knew, you know, Arnold would like that line. I want to bit about my penis. <laughs> so you're saying I have big junk? I like it. <laughs> uh, we go back to John and Sarah. They're getting in the car. She can see now that he's got the picture in, in his hand, and she says, "Don't even think about it." And he says, "I want to see her." And and she says, "We have to stay focused, John." And so now we we're getting the crux of their relationship right now, where he's saying. I mean, do we? We've already changed everything, Mom. Mm. And she said, we did what we did, but that doesn't mean we're in the clear. I mean, we put we put cyber down. We broke, you know, we burned cyber dying down to the ground. But, it, you know, there's still a company. They still exist. Mm. And. She says, we, we need to go. So they they stop and they're across the street from a bank and. This is where they're they're uh, headed to. Mm -hmm. In this moment, they're inside the car. They start arguing again. Um, you know, John brings this up. I mean, we destroyed two Terminators, all at Dyson's work. We brought Cyberdyne down to the ground. You know, I, I feel like we're just running in one place. And mm. everywhere we go, we're wanted by the law. I think we should be out of the United States again. We shouldn't be in the United States. This isn't where we belong. Let's go to the beach. <laughs> yeah. What, what, um, could, what could possibly happen to me there? Well, the crux of it, you know, he he's saying, I need my own life away from you. I, I'm I'm a 30, you know, a 29 year old man living with mm -hmm. his mother. Yeah. And clearly he gave something up that yeah. was important to him for his mother. And what he gave up was this idea of you're John Connor, you're the savior. You have to be the one that survives. John says, you know what? I don't want this. I'm leaving. He he starts, you know, running away. He runs around a corner and lo and behold, who does he see? T-800. Mm. He's not sure what to think, but, he, you know, you have that instant recognition of the robot I came to know, love, and trust. Yeah, my snowman. My snowman doesn't know what to do, turns around, sees the T-1000. Hmm. So he turns back towards the T-800, who raises his you know gun right at John's face. Sarah tackles him, says, get down. The shot that the T-800 fires hits the T-1000. John can look and see that the T-1000 is hit. He's saying, oh, fuck. And the next thing you know, they're both converging on them. Sarah gets up, starts, you know, has a machine gun at the ready. She starts shooting the T-800. The uh, T-1000 is barreling down on John and out comes second T-800 Arnie. So we've got two Arnies, wow. one T-1000, and this will bother you a lot. He's 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 gonna take the T one thousand. He's gonna disarm him in slow motion. 
if it... <laughs> no, I'm trying to figure out what will bother me. Yeah. Oh, this is what's going to bother you. He's going to disarm him. We're going to do, you know, obviously we're Kenneth mirroring that T2, that T2 scene. They're going to start fighting. But right before that, he's going to turn to the two humans and say, get them out of here if you want to live. So we well, have a we variation. Do. I mean, why stop now, you know? So John takes uh, off. Tradition. Yeah, it's a tradition. John takes off around the corner. He's going to the car. She says, no, we got to go to the bank. So they they run to the bank. What's in the bank? Well, hang on. Oh, okay, sorry. The commotion, the shots fired, have gathered all attention. Uh-huh. The people in the bank have locked the door. Sarah dropped her gun, got rid of it. She's knocking on the door and saying, "Please let us in. We're we're not we're not safe." So they open the door for them. They go in. And the next thing you know, Sarah's uh, saying, I need to go to a safety deposit box. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Anyway, she pulls she pulls another gun out of her bag. She says, let's do this right now. They go, they go to the safety de- deposit box. She gets something out of the box. And now we're off to the races. Okay. Now... I mean, I couldn't decide, like, in this moment, is it the sort of thing where they get caught by the cops? Do we do that? Or do we have that frame of reference again? But essentially, we're on the run. Right. So my initial idea was they're caught, but, you know, Sarah has... Sarah pulls some Sarah shenanigans, like, say they're in the back of, uh, you know, like a SWAT truck. Yeah. Sarah pulls some shenanigans... That uh, whatever it is, uh, say it's a small explosive, Tom. Some something to puncture a hole in the in the truck, flip it over, ruin the tires. When they get out, lo and behold, who's there? The woman in John's picture. So Sarah's saying, you know, what the hell is she doing here? John's saying, we really don't have time for this. Off we go. Now, good Arnie is going to catch up to them. He's the one that's going to pick them up. Right. T-800, T-1000 are in pursuit. Mm. We're going to have all the set pieces that we need. Obviously, I, I this is this is going on too long. So what we're going to find out is... <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> what we're going to find out is... So the... The lingering piece of narrative I was referring to earlier, yeah. the one thing that's always stuck with me about Terminator 2 is they didn't destroy everything, Tom. Uh, Arnie's arm got stuck. Should have gone first. And <laughs> Oh no. Well, carry on, carry on. I'm glad I'm glad we're of like minds if the, if if your story's well, going there, but No. So Arnie's arm was stuck in in that uh, you know piece of uh, rib you know Rube Goldberg shit non- shenanigans. <laughs> yes. And he left back the boiler, the boiler room. Yeah, the boiler room. That every film ends. He, he he left an he left an arm. And so the idea is some similar to other Terminator movies in the sense of Skynet happens. It's just on a longer timeline. They didn't have the computer chip. They just had the arm. Yes, that Cyberdyne building was burned to the ground and, you know, the lead guy died. But it's not like nobody else worked there. 
Somebody right. picked up the mantle. Somebody moved on. Now, all right. I'll admit that this is the weakest part of my story. I can't decide because of what happens in Terminator 2. Basically, in the bank vault, what I wanted was mm. what has been left for Sarah Connor there are essentially blueprints mm. of a weapon that would be far more effective against Terminators in this time. Mm. It was something that Cyberdyne had been working on and Dyson had been working on. So what I couldn't decide is, because, I mean, it really is a a bit of a... Buh, 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 buh. <laughs> like, before they left for Cyberdyne, is it like Joe Morton was on a computer, you know, hmm. writing? Uh, you know, like, he recognized the existential threat, so he was willing yeah. to go with them. But that the threat was so severe that if we if we fail, this is something that might work. If if we if you two survive this, this is something that might work down the line. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. my initial idea. He left those instructions with his wife over the years. The, you know, the wife was in contact with Sarah Connor, mm. and. Sarah had been saying something to the effect of we're we're in the states again, we're on the east coast. There's there's something not right. Mm. And so this is what was left in the safety deposit box uh by by his wife is is the way, you know. Okay. So that Who's way it would go? be huh? Who's the go? The girl is somebody John had met in the in the intervening 20 years that oh. Sarah said you can't have a relationship like other oh, people. Oh, I see. Right. Cuz everybody you come in contact with is in jeopardy. You like have you one thing to do with animal hospital. <laughs> no, no animal hospitals. And she does emergency call-outs at 3 a.m. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. Or a cat. But my idea was making it uh, I, I, her name's just Kate, but you know, her, <laughs> she, she, uh, so John, upon knowing that he was coming to the States, had contacted her, had said, the only thing I know is we're going to be in this area at this time. She just mm. happened upon, she was near the scene when all the commotion started. So that's why she was able to, you know, you know, follow them to the, to that point. Mm. And the so the whole idea behind this story is that John, according to Sarah, has to survive. Mm-hmm. John, until the moment he starts seeing Terminators, is thinking, I am doing all of this for nothing mm-hmm. because we did everything we had to do to stop Skynet. Mm-hmm. The woman, by the way, woman of color, Kate, she she just, she wanted to meet John because she could never understand why he said bye. Yeah. And what's going to end up happening in this story is the four of them, Arnie, Sarah, John, Kate, they all have to work together in order to take care of these two Terminators. One of the things they need in order to, like Sarah could, 
use these blueprints, put this thing together. But the one thing they need is a power source. Terminator right. 3, Tom. I got it. You got to take it out of Arnie's chest. One of the one of those little. Oh, okay, good. One of those things comes in handy as the power source. Essentially, it's a plasma rifle that we've seen okay. in the future shots many yeah. times in this movie. But what's going to end up happening is Sarah's going to die to protect John. John's going to die to protect Kate. John's going to say, I don't have to be the one. Anybody can be the one. I'm going to need you to be the one. And so then you have a new one. Hmm. A woman of color. That okay. is Terminator Redemption. Who, who's being redeemed? Well, in in my mind, it's it's the idea of the idea of John having to be the one. Yeah. It's the idea of transference. Okay. You know. Does that make sense? All right. Yeah. That's a it's a very thorough pitch. Thank you. Well. <laughs> I'm very interested. Yeah. You know. Uh, okay, so my pitch is called Terminator 2 Timelines. Okay. No col- colon or colon. Colin Powell. <laughs> um, and so we begin. We're essentially picking up from the end of Dark Fate. Uh, Sarah Connor and Danny have gone to, um... Oh, well, sorry. Go ahead. What? No, no, no. No, it just went back to mine, because you were, you were... I said the the act of transference, but the idea of redemption, because part of redemption, you know, you could be saved from sin, you could be saved, uh, you know, from evil, you could be saved from your own error. And the error is thinking that one person has to be the savior. So that was my idea behind it. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so I just Sarah thought Connor, I should be more clear. <laughs> Sarah Connor. Go ahead. And Danny. Um, uh, are visiting Carl's widow. Mm. And, you know, they're telling her what happened before they go off on their, you know, Life of Terminator hunting. Um, and before before Sarah leaves, Carl's widow gives him a rosary. Hmm. And she says, oh, you know, thank you. And he says, it's not from me, it's from Carl. He wanted you to have this. And she looks on the tag and she sees, like, the there's a, it's from a church in um, a mission in downtown L.A., and we zoom in to the rosary and flash back to 1992. <laughs> and where a highly religious salvage worker, let's call him Ned, um, is... <laughs> I just remember that Ned Flanders. Okay, let's... let's... <laughs> Ned is fine, but that's why I thought Ned, because of Ned Flanders. 
He's uh, distributing church literature whilst on a salvage operation of the metalworks in L.A., mm. which we vaguely recognize right. as the Rube Goldberg metalworks from, uh, from Terminator 2. Yes, yes. And his boss is getting on his back saying, hey, this is, sal- this is salvage, not salvation. Do your, uh, <laughs> you know, do- save your souls on your own time. As he's leave as as they finish the salvage operation they're leaving that night, he encounters uh, uh, a man who appears to be suffering from amnesia. He's completely naked. However, we know him as T one thousand, who, after having been melted in the uh, the molten pit of the metalworks. Um, has now solidified into one form. Oh. Which is the form of Robert Patrick, the cop who he um, who he played throughout Terminator 2. He is now only capable of being in that form. He can't change into anything else. Interesting. Oh, I like so that. Ned, so Ned uh, takes him takes him back to his house because you know he's he's a he's a good Christian man. And, uh, and an evangelical, so, you know, he's there to, to, to help this guy out. Can he still form up. stabbing stuff, or...? No, nope, nothing. Nothing, okay. He's completely... He's whatever he is. He's forged into whatever he gotcha. is by the by the metal, by the liquid metal. Um, takes takes him home, and, and you know, as far as, as far as T, the T-1000 knows, he's just... I don't, I, don't, I don't know who I am. I don't recognize myself. I, 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 don't, I don't understand oh, wow. anything. Um, so the circuits were fried. Does liquid metal have circuits? I don't even know. Well, he for what, whatever's happened, like he doesn't understand what he is or who he is. All right, he has a consciousness, but that's it. Um, and so Ned takes him back to his to his house, and they uh, they see on you know as they turns the TV on, and he sees that you know his his photos all over the news, mass murder. You know, mass this this mass murderer, um, this guy posing as a cop who's been you know murdering people for the last few days, um, <laughs> and um, and so, but Ned, Ned, you know, and and T one thousand sees that it's him. He understands that it's him. He says, "I have no memory of doing this," and Ned sort of says, "Well, you know." Um, I could hand you into the police or I could give you a, you know, give you another chance at life. Takes him to his church. Um, he he goes to the uh, the priest and says, you know, you once took a chance on me. I was a hopeless addict and, you, you know, you you redeem me. And, you know, can we can we give this guy, you know, can you do the same for this guy? He doesn't remember who he is. He doesn't have what it, whatever he had. The demon in him is gone. Um he says, can you let him work and live here? Give him a second chance. The priest agrees. And we see a, a kind of time lapse of of uh, decade, of like two, three decades <laughs> when Robert Patrick remains in that same role. Over the years, um, the priest gets him, a, gets him an ID. Um, you know, they, they take... 
the the priest gets them an idea of a man that he found, you know, like a man that he found dead on the streets, and he said, you know, this all this all. Oh, wow, had, this priest. This, yeah, this guy had picking said, pockets had no, for IDs, eh? Yeah, he said this guy has no family. You know, it's, 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 it's you can live and you can take his life and have a you know have a real second chance. Eventually, that priest dies. I look he like le- that mass murderer officer, but I'm actually. Well, he knows he's a mass murderer, but he's he's choosing to believe he can change. Okay. Rather than you know sending him to his death, to his execution. Um, then when that priest dies, he leaves it in his world that that T one thousand has to has to work at uh, has to you know still be employed and be able to live at the at the church, um, and so we catch up to two thousand nineteen. We've circled all the way back, and now Sarah Connor and Danny are in their jeep outside this church which is where the rosary was from and danny says well you know what's going on you know what's going on why are we here and sarah said um i don't know it's probably nothing but i just wanted to check this place out she looks she sees the face (laughs) of the t-1000 and who's now eight you know age to the age robert patrick would be in 2019 nice because he's solidified in his state and he's aged in the way a, a uh, a T-800 would. He doesn't recognize her, obviously. He doesn't even really see her in the Jeep. Um, Robert Patrick's like going out at night doing his... Sorry, T-1000's going out at night doing his homeless shelter work um, under a bridge in in, in downtown LA. So you really, um, you really were... You were drawn in by the, the dark fate idea of a Terminator changing over time. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think that's where this is coming from. Yeah. Um, unbeknownst to him, Sarah Connor is up on um, on the top of the bridge with her anti-Terminator weapon, and she just she blows him apart. <laughs> he, you know, it combusts into flames. She gets back in the jeep and heads off. However, <gasps> this is now. Ha- this has now had the reverse effect. Yes, I know. It's knew turned it. him yes. back into liquid metal. So we get the shot of him coming out of the flames as the liquid metal original 1991 T1000. Right. Um, and, but what's happened, so, you know, he's, he, he, now he's reset his programming. He's like, you know, I have to kill John Connor. And then he goes into his, you know, his memory, in his memory banks. And, you know, he's, and, he finds out John Connor is already dead. And so he starts, his programming starts to break down because now he has no mission and he starts to melt back into liquid metal. But, but T-1000 has lived all this time and he's like, no, I want to live. I want to, achieve, you know, like I, I, I have free will. I'm not, I'm not. So he's fighting against his programming hmm. and he turns into liquid metal, but one piece of his liquid metal gets a, a cell phone that's on the ground, hooks itself up to the internet. <laughs> so now the T-1000 is part of the internet. He's interconnected to every piece of technology okay. via the internet in, you know, in America and around the world. He's connected to all the technologies in the world. And he reforms... I get how technology works. Condescend to me. <laughs> 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 I sent an email to New Zealand the other day. Um, 
So he he reforms as this kind of super internet now, you know, super Wi-Fi yeah. signal T1000. And his programming resets itself and so John Connor is, is now dead. So you're you know, you should be deactivated, your mission is over, but he but he says you know, he's like, But I want to work around so his workaround is he has to go back in time and kill John Connor and then he'll be free and then his programming will be done and he can continue to live his life. Ah. So he goes into his internet like internet view. Is, well, is like, okay, go ahead. No, 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 carry on. Yeah. No, no, well, because no, we're at, I, I, I realized I that I believe I, this might have some holes. No, I, I realized I was wrong because we're, of course, after everything of Dark Fate having happened. Yeah, so, exactly. In my mind, um, I was thinking maybe he would, um, you know, his next logical next step would be to kill the Terminator that killed John Connor. So he maybe he could go after Carl, oh, but I thought that's uh, good too. Carl's dead, so <laughs> that's good too. Yeah. That's a good note. Um, so he re- he finds out that a time machine is being developed by Miles Dyson's son, ah, who's now developing <laughs> nice. time travel technology. Cherry picking, should... cherry picking. Yeah, t- he's developing time travel technology against the you know against the wishes of his father to ensure that if any you know if anything goes wrong with with skynet or you know machines in the future it can be corrected so he's inventing time machine for that to happen however the t1000 um well it could be more personal than that too like yeah to have dad back right jumps into the jumps straight into the time machine going to the exact moment where the t800 killed john connor um, we see him leave, but then we cut to Sarah and Danny, who have gone to the spot where John Connor was killed on the anniversary of his death, mm. whatever year it is, <laughs> however many years it's been. And as she sat there, da- you know, Danny goes to the restroom, but John comes back, and the world around her is changing. And she she starts to kind of she's thinking oh I'm hallucinating I'm seeing this grown you know this grown John, the the man who will be but it's but it stays there, and she you know she can't shake it off. Sometimes she thinks it's Danny and then it comes turns back. So the timelines are in flux uh-huh. for a second. Um, but and then you know John. So we have grown you know grown man John. Um, and. She, Sarah tries to explain to him that, you know, I'm in the middle of two timelines. In my timeline, you were killed when you were young. Now you're here. Something must have changed the timelines. I'm caught between these two timelines. So I know it's, she says, I know it's difficult to believe. And and John says, uh, no, it's not actually that difficult to believe, Mom. We already, like, <laughs> we already changed the future twice. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> so this idea of an alternate timeline is fine. I totally accept it. Takes her back to her um, hotel room. And, of course, there is Carl waiting for them. <laughs> and Sarah doesn't know what to think. And she thinks that Carl is there to attack because she doesn't know what, you know, what happened in this timeline. But John says, oh, he says, yeah, in our, uh, uh, you know, you realize that he's, a, he's friendly. Says, in our timeline... Um, he tried to kill me, but he was thwarted, and we reprogrammed him, 
um, because the other Terminator left behind a way to reprogram a Terminator and make it your pacifier the threat and make it your friend. So you close that um, question loop for the whole yeah, series. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, um, but then we flash back to you know ninety what it, what it was nineteen ninety eight when and we see the T one thousand coming in to try and kill John Connor at exactly the same time that the T-800 is coming in to kill John Connor. So that he ends, so they end up, he end up killing the T-1000, think the T-800 thinking that he's there to help John Connor and save him. But they don't, but John Connor and, and Sarah get away at the last minute. And then um, the T-1000 murders everyone in the bar, like with their, with his liquid knives. <laughs> But because he is in the past, he's no longer connected to the internet. And he goes back into this one shape. Like he's back into like basically human form again. And he goes back to like modern day Rob Robert Patrick. But he couldn't uh, Robert Patrick from that Walking Dead episode where he so, was. So but he might basically. wouldn't he still be able to be liquid though? No. Because I'm saying he's not. Okay, fine. There's no reason why. I'm just because I'm saying he's not. Um, and he, so he's back. So he's back to the state. He gets taken to prison, put on death row for you know and for <laughs> many many years. And then we're back back in the in twenty. I'd like to see what happens when he's electrocuted. Exactly. <laughs> it might reverse some other. It might reverse that process. You never know. <laughs> Seems to be a lot of reversing of processes here. Um. And Carl's explaining that, you know, what happened and he still has footage of his, of what he saw when the Terminator came, when Robert Patrick came after him. And he's, you know, he's identified a frequency, um, the time travel frequency that he came in on. And he's, you know, he's been trying to work it out for years I mean, he's not Carl, you know, he's got none of Carl's experiences. He's just like a grown-up Terminator. But he says, but we, you know, we've, uh, it's like we really, he's using a time, tr you know, he's using time travel technology from this period. So if, you know, if we can, if we can jump to a different part of the time, <laughs> a, a jump to a different part of the timeline, oh, we goodness. can stop for happening. And then obviously Sarah Connor's like, I have, you know, John is alive. Why would I want to reset this timeline? And Carl, Carl T eight hundred, sort of tells her that um, the future of this new alternate timeline is that the T one thousand is going to merge with internet technology, and that's how Skynet's going to happen. And lo and behold, scheduled for execution, Robert Patrick <laughs> turns back into the T one thousand liquid metal when he's electrocuted. <laughs> so the and the. So the rest of the movie is basically Sarah's dilemma over do I do I reset the time? The rest of the lose, movie? Yeah. Lose my son. Because it sounds like we're about two and a half hours in already. Yeah. Okay. Um uh where, you know, <laughs> do, do I do I give up basically do I give up my son or uh for the future of mankind or do I um stay in this timeline? And you know, let the future of mankind take its chances. That I like. Uh, so that is Terminator Two Timelines, and because there's no colon, Terminator you can go Two Timelines. Because there's no colon, you can be Terminator Two Timelines or Terminator Two Timelines. It's up to you. <laughs>
That's my pitch, everyone. That's delicious. There's some there are some great ideas in that. Yeah. I thought you'd be pleased with the reintroduction of Robert Patrick. So much so I did it myself. (laughs) As a developed character. Yeah. But this way he gets to be the original and because I mean I thought if they've got the capability of make of re of uh you know of digitally de-aging Robert Patrick as the liquid metal terminator let's have some of that too mm-hmm. but he can go back and forth between that and modern day robert patrick in that walking episode walking dead episode where he's twins <laughs> right right look good times yeah it's fun all right well there you have it ladies and gentlemen Woo. you've heard our pitches what are yours we're starting to get some more pitches lately, Tom. I like that. Yeah. So, or at least uh, either pitches or or telling us why we're wrong about certain movies. In the latest poll uh, for the Rocky series, um, do you know which of our pitches is winning? Oh, no. <laughs> well, on Twitter, Rocky Goes to Heaven is winning. <laughs> which makes me think we're doing something wrong. <laughs> Right. If our least developed pitch. <laughs> Do you think that's just people sort of going, it's the shortest. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's the one that makes them chuckle because at least he's dead. They're like, I'll go, yeah. I'll go for that one. It's the most realistic of the bunch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> the least developed one. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. We will put a poll in the field, won't we, Tom? We certainly will. Yeah. You're going to have to vote on these or add one to put in the poll. Yeah. And uh, and then we'll resubmit if necessary. Mm-hmm. So find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Send that email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. For Pitchmaster himself, Tom Stewart, Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. Sorry, Tom. Tom's from Lonesome Whistle Productions. Uh, <laughs> what did you say I was from? I, I didn't say anything. What did you say about me? <laughs> Good stuff. All right. You'll be hearing an entire new series the next mm-hmm. time you hear us. Say goodbye, Tom. Those assholes never learn. <laughs> Boy, don't they. That could so easily be us. Yeah, true. (laughs) All the makers of the Terminator. All right, ladies and gentlemen, until next time.